Welcome to the Global Investor Podcast, a show that focuses on helping foreign investors enter the lucrative U.S. real estate market. Host Charles Carrillo combines decades of real estate investing experience with a professional background in international banking to interview experts in all areas of U.S. real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Charles Carrillo. Do you have money sitting in the stock market and you're worried about it? Or worse, you have money sitting at the bank, not keeping up with inflation? My name is Charles Carrillo, founder and managing partner of Harborside Partners. And since 2006, I've been investing my money and my family's money into income-producing properties. These are real assets, real properties with real addresses that produce real cash flow. At Harborside Partners, we provide passive investors who love real estate with a turnkey investing solution. If you want to put your money to work in real estate but can't find deals, don't have the time to get funding, and the last thing that productive people want to do is manage real estate. We find the deals, we fund the deals, and we manage the tenants, the termites, and the properties. Partner with us at investwithharborside.com. That's investwithharborside.com. Go to investwithharborside.com. If you love real estate, you like the idea of passive income, and believe that income-producing properties will appreciate over time, go to investwithharborside.com. That's investwithharborside.com. Welcome to another episode of the Global Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Crillo. Today, we have Alpesh Parmar. He owns over 500 residential rental units in markets like Texas, North Carolina, Alabama, and Georgia. He also invests in international markets like Belize, Panama, and India. So thanks so much for being on the show, Alpesh. Absolutely. Thank you, Charles, for having me. Oh, it's always great. Uh, so give us a little background on yourself. You have a very interesting background prior to becoming a real estate investor. So can you just kind of enlighten us on yourself, both personally and professionally, before you uh, made the leap into full-time real estate investor? Sure. Uh, so, of course, being in San Francisco Bay Area, I'm, I come from IT world, right? And I still do some IT, not a lot. You know, I've started slowly getting out of it. So I'm mostly out of it Do because I have my IT business on that side. Um, so personally, I came to US in back in 2001, January of 2001 from India. Uh, did my, um, and I saw 9-11 happen in front of my, not my eyes, mm. but I was in New Jersey. I was actually two days before that happened on Tuesday and Sunday evening. I was on the top of the World Trade Center. Wow. watching a concert. So I do remember because every weekend that was a ritual to go there, um, pretty much enjoy the concerts and whatnot and the food uh, in the New York City. So um, I started, uh, so I saw that happen. And then I saw, you know, um, the 2008 and nine um, recession as well. So I was always in the back of my mind thinking that this thing comes every seven, eight years, right? So I started, did my master's in computer science. I started working in IT world, but I always had that thing where I need to create some kind of passive income, some kind, I need to create multiple streams of income. So that was always in back of my mind. And I, I got hit pretty much hard during 2009 recession when I got laid off, right? So that was the first thing I was always thinking about it. I didn't realize that it would happen to me that that's exactly what everyone thinks, right? That <laughs> you are indispensable. You, the company can't uh, work without you. You are the main. So whatever. Uh, in the end, um, I started doing my own business because of that. I, I realized that I don't want to work W2 for anyone. 
And this is not, I'm not trying to tell everyone that, oh yeah, leave your job, W2, whatever. Mm -hmm. If you're enjoying the job, if you are getting paid what you really deserve or want, then you're fine. You can always invest passively, right? But my goal was that I realized I don't want to get fired again. Right. So I started my IT business and realized, okay, this is great. This is working out well. And then um, 2011 comes and um, we thought, okay, we got to upgrade our house and I couldn't sell my townhouse because it was underwater. So I started renting that out and I became an accidental landlord and that thing changed my mindset. Interesting. Uh, so it was that one property that got you interested in real estate or was it i mean what what made it that you're actually going to do this as a as a business as a as a job so that's a great question so no that first property just accidental right i kept it for four years and at least i understood how the landlording works right it's still at that point I was not sold on real estate. I was still, I was, uh, yeah, to tell you the truth, in um, 2013 to 15, I was doing a lot of stocks. Then in 15, I started doing tons of options and futures and Forex because I was like, okay, everyone is doing it. And that's what, you know, we have been sold on, right? The media always talks about the Wall Street and whatnot. So I kept trying to look at everything else which was out there. I invested in startups. But then 2015 is when I was able to sell that property. And that's when I realized, okay, I was already investing in all this and spending a lot of time and money. And I think, I tell every investor that one thing you should look at, all of us, you and I, when we start, we only look at ROI, right? What is my return on investment? You know, I want to double. Have you looked at ROT, return mm -hmm. on time? That is so important. And when I yeah. was doing stocks, futures and Forex and whatnot, I was glued to the screen because you know they, those markets run 24 seven. I was always into it. I was analyzing charts and this and that. And then when I looked at my ROT, it was basically yeah. I was in negative because yeah. I was losing time with my family, et cetera. So when I sold that property, I said, okay, I'm already doing everything else. I sold this real estate, I should go and buy another real estate, right? Because at least this is the money I got from back from, you know, my real estate investment. And, and one thing I realized that I didn't want to do it in California because not only the properties are expensive, mm -hmm. but there, were, there is literally no cash flow. So that was my first foray in 2015 into out-of-state investing. And, and and since then, I would say 90% of my investments have been out of state. Okay. I barely invest in California. I had one in between and which worked out well, but I, I try to focus on the cash flow, mm -hmm. right? So whenever I look in um, my home state, it won't work. So yeah, 2015 is when I started investing. I bought first one, second one, I continually buy, bought basically single family residences, right? Because that's all I knew. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say 2015 was the catalyst where I realized that I need to generate cash flow, supplement my current income with as much passive income as I can get. Um, and then 2017 is some, I started listening to a lot of, means I was listening to already a lot of podcasts. 2015, actually, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that changed mm -hmm. a lot of my idea, mindset as well. 
but 2017 people were talking a lot about multifamily right apartment building a lot like all over so i said okay let me look into this so i bought two nine units in 2017 mm -hmm. uh, one in california other one in birmingham alabama i still which i still own the california one i sold but that's when I learned, okay, you got to scale up. I can't buy 100 houses and pretty much try to replace my entire income. Because living in California, of course, our expenses run high, especially San Francisco Bay Area, and we make good money, right? So trying to replace that kind of income, it's you need mm. substantial uh, capital and substantial investment. So then I said, okay, if I want to scale up, I got to start with multifamily. So 2015, uh, sorry, 2018 was the year when I literally took off from everything I was doing, like IT work. I said, this is the year I want to learn as much as possible about one, real estate and second, taxes, right? So um, I went all over the US, like literally I was traveling every month to another a conference. For eight or nine months, that's what I did. I met a lot of people and the goal was, I think I could learn from the books and podcasts, but going to those conferences was more about networking, hmm. right? Meeting hmm. with the like-minded people like you and I are doing right now through podcasts where you, we are sharing our knowledge, but, you know, meeting them one-on-one, -on -one, you are able to, you know, get absorb a lot more and, and, get, and, and get connected with them. So I was able to see journeys of a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs, a lot of multifamily gurus and whatnot just by meeting them for 30 minutes, right? So that's how I would say 2018 is where it all changed, where I said, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, hopefully. <laughs> so uh, moving to today, what is your company's uh, current investment criteria and strategy? Where are you focusing? What types of properties? That's a, uh, that's a good question as well. So we started with apartment buildings, multifamily, and then I realized, and not to, um, you know, uh, not to complain about it or not to um, talk anyone down, but I saw that everyone wants to do apartment buildings. Everyone wants to do multifamily because that's what we was being sold by Brad Sumrocks to Dave Lindahl to all, all of the big guys, Rod Cliff, whatnot, right? And Grant Cardone. <laughs> so I realized that there is so much competition and the cap rates were compressing. So um, in 2019, I knew that recession is coming. And again, I may I may still be wrong because it didn't happen in 2020. All of us thought that we were done and it just changed. But I started focusing on recession resistant assets in 2019. I said, okay, I wanna. So now our company focuses first on mobile home parks because affordable, mm -hmm. affordable housing is the key right now. And that's what we are struggling with, with this housing and residential market. And we want to provide affordable housing and a nice community to all those people. Second was senior housing. Uh, our second is senior housing because we know the silver tsunami is coming by end of next year. The baby boomers would be the largest population base in US. Right, it's going to beat every other population base, Gen X, Gen Y. Uh, so the, I, I, we started looking into that. And the third, now we are also focusing on cell storage because we literally know um, now that if we want to curb the inflation, recession is coming. Right, we, you can. So cell storage is one of the area where a lot of people, when they downsize, 
yep. they got to go and store that stuff, right? And when they literally, when the market turns around and when they upsize, they don't care about paying that 40, 50 bucks a month. That's like a Starbucks money, right? So the, this is why we started focusing now on recession resistant assets. And we are literally buying um, or investing in um, two to three of these asset classes um, over the year, right? So this year, we started constructing um, a senior housing facility in Iowa, and we are just uh, we just closed another senior housing facility in Tempe, Arizona, uh, mm-hmm. market, and uh, we have closed on a couple of mobile home parks. Actually, right before this podcast, I was talking to my partner about a mobile home park portfolio in Tennessee. So you know, we are looking at those assets, and I'm always. Opening um, and and we do a lot of uh, and this may not be relevant, but we do a lot of Bitcoin mining. Hmm. So because I come from IT world, I understand <laughs> the application. I understand where blockchain is going. It, it it is volatile. Some people may think that you know it may not be here in five years, but I'm pretty long term bullish on it. So we um, a large part of our operation is also focused on Bitcoin mining. So we have a huge fund actually. We raised last year about 50 million for Bitcoin mining funds. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, so one of the things when I was doing research for this uh, episode is, you know, you're you're diversified in a lot of different areas that we spoke about in the intro of the, of the episode, but you're also invested in other countries. And this is something that's different. I don't think it's something normally that we'll have on it. Um, but it's also, are those, when you're investing outside the country, are those true investments or are those uh like personal vacation homes and no, why a... <laughs> would you diversify so those are true investments right so but passive investments because because mm-hmm. I, I don't think i can try to manage those on okay. my own right and and you and i know we even even as an active syndicators we also invest passively right? Yeah. The things which we don't know about, the things but we believe in, right? So, because uh, you can't do everything, right? We can't be expert of uh, experts of everything we know. So that's why we work with partners, operators. So those are true investments. None of those are vacation homes pretty much for me. And you gave me a pretty good idea. Actually, I, I have been thinking about it. Because, <laughs> But the idea was there to um, decouple because we live in US. We know that US dollar is the strongest. And right now it's even stronger than before. Every But at, there will be a time. All of this currency, I was reading yeah. about it, about 40 year lifespan. And US dollar came into existence in about 1970s, right? When the gold, uh, uh, we got out of the gold, um, gold phenomena, right? Yeah. So, so now um, I was always thinking about how I can decouple some of my investments from US dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Which, so th- this was like hedge against inflation, hedge against weakening US dollar. Um, and, and being a vegan, I'm, I'm always interested in agriculture and farming, right? I love vegetables and fruits. So when I heard about investing in coffee in Panama, in cacao, in chocolate, in Belize, in and actually I forgot to add orange tree farm in Paraguay, I just uh, um, invested in last year. So when I heard about those opportunities, I looked into it, the, looked into those similar opportunities in US and the numbers wouldn't work. 
right? Because yeah. uh, labor, uh, yeah, exa exactly, right? Uh, over long term, the numbers may will work because you uh, you count the appreciation, right? The land is appreciating, of course, faster here because we don't um, have land, uh, but. Overall, the numbers were much better. And on top of that, I was decoupling myself from US dollars, some of the investments, right? And, and some of those actually, the investment in Panama and Paraguay allows you to take, um, if you really want to, you can take, um, you can, I, I don't know how it works, but you can take your citizenship over there as well. So you get dual citizenship. So if something happens, a lot of people are also investing for that purpose where they have a backup citizenship i did not do it because i i i i i'm proud to be a u.s citizen and i want to live here so i didn't care about that portion but yeah those are true investments and i call them as legacy investments because they go forever their pro forma numbers are not five years sell how we sell their pro forma numbers contain 20 years Right. Yeah. And after 20 years, the, you still have the land. So if you get all of your money back in 10 years and after 20 years, you are making 12% IRR, but you still have that land, which is also appreciating. And mm. then I looked at the asset, right? Coffee. Can we live above, without coffee? No way. <laughs> no <right>? way. <laughs> yeah. Can anyone live without chocolate? I don't think yeah. so. Like cacao, like yeah. orange juice. That's the first yeah. thing we all, most of us need in the morning if it's not coffee, right? Orange juice. So a lot of those assets I thought will never go away. Will They may have some issues in between, but they will not go away because the, we rely on those for our day-to-day. -day. It's like Food, shelter, right? They say that those are the most important thing. These are, even, even during the recession, uh, I was looking at the chart. Actually, coffee and cacao consumption went up because a lot of people wanted coffee, like the caffeine in the morning. And then chocolate makes you feel good, right? It has that effect, calming effect. So actually, the, those are also recession-resistant assets. Very interesting. Yeah, the couple things on that, it's funny, I... The main thing, though, is that you know you're you're passive in the investments because yes. obviously you cannot be an expert in all this. And I invest a lot passively, all different types of real estate in other businesses, uh, angel right. investing, so many different things that I'm not an expert in. Um, but the thing that was very interesting that I wasn't noticed about the citizenship that's very interesting because people it is a something that you'll read in the news uh, normally that people are getting second citizenships. Uh, myself, I'm a dual citizen with Italy, not because I think the uh, you know U.S. is going anywhere, but just right. because of my uh, descendancy, yeah. but uh, heritage. But it, it is something interesting, and you you hear a lot about it. So it's very I never I've never heard that when looking at pitches, especially in Latin and South America, that people have brought. Uh, citizenship into it so that's something very very interesting oh thank you <laughs> but um so let transitioning here alpish i kind of you know you you were you went from being an employee to being a laid off employee to being an entrepreneur i mean what did you need to change your mindset because it's a large mindset change shift going from being an employee to being an entrepreneur being a successful entrepreneur um, i mean what did you have to change in your life to make to make that real make that uh, trans uh, transformation real wow that's a loaded question <laughs> so it, it was difficult when we get started right when i got laid off i for the first month i started still looking for an employee position i'm like okay i got to go work in the same industry i i and and, and to um 
make the matters worse. We were expecting our first child. This thing happened in Ju July. I got laid off and our first one was born in November. So you can think what I what was what must have been going through my mind and our lives because uh, my I had asked my wife to stop working because we wanted to focus on our first kid, right? Mm -hmm. So she wasn't working already. She had resigned a month ago, and then I got laid off. Mm -hmm. And we had bought a house which was already going down in value. So you are looking at all that. So there was a lot of thing going on in my mind. Uh, and the first and most important was the insurance. Right. This insurance, medical insurance is very yeah. expensive. And when you are not an employee, you got to pay. At that point, I was paying like fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred a month from my pocket. And so I was looking for employee positions and then um, realized that everywhere I would go. They, they, some of the criteria will match. But in the end, I felt like I, I don't have any desire to become let's say manager, director, VP anymore mm -hmm. after I got laid off. Somehow right. I lost that desire, you know, before when you're an employee, you have that thing in your mind where you want a position, right? So, to, oh, I want to become VP. I want to become a partner in this firm. In that month, I lost that desire. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to jump all over. I don't want to go through this cycle why can't I be my own boss, right? And that was the mindset shift I started thinking about, that I just want to be my own boss. And I came from a startup company, which was acquired. I'm like, if nothing else, you know, I can just work for myself. If, uh, so that was my mindset. And then I became an IT consultant in the same field. But now I was literally contracting. Mm. I was not working for someone. So that was the first step. And then the next year, I just started my own IT business. I'm like, I was, when I started, I started taking a lot more responsibility, right? That changed. When you are an employee, you are usually not taking responsibility. They are giving you a job to do it. But because this was my own thing, Mm -hmm. I started wearing multiple hats, right? I had to now mark, do marketing. I had to sell. I had to yeah. do the work. <laughs> and I, so I was not only meeting with, you know, uh, the manager level, but I had started meeting with like C-level executives. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is great, right? Because now I'm able to, I don't even have to talk to someone at my level or even above my level. I'm going way above <laughs> over. But I am taking the ownership of my life, my um, business. And that is the biggest mindset, uh, mindset shift you got to do. And that's, I, I rec highly recommend reading the book by Joko Willink, Extreme Ownership. Right, you got to take ownership of your life, ownership of your of your business, and that that is the biggest thing I changed in my mindset. And then the next thing was I started my business, and when come twenty fifteen, like okay, I need to start doing a lot more. I just don't want to do this one business. So I started like you, investing in startups, slowly trying to get in. And now I run multiple businesses. I'm actually trying to launch another one in next three months, right? Always thinking about the next thing, right? What problems can I solve, right? Mm -hmm. While, of course, making money. But in the end, if, you, if your idea is not solving a problem, you are not going anywhere. How are you able to uh, manage your time so effectively? Because <laughs> you have so many things going on. It's It's very difficult, but... 
that is where the time freedom or financial freedom comes into picture. It's it's very, yeah, yeah. very difficult. And and this is the question a lot of my friends ask. And I'm like, <laughs> because I'm not tied to nine to five yeah. gig, right? So because uh, I wake up early, I do my workouts. So it's out of the way. I drop my kids to school and then I'm free. Then I, I do, I start <laughs> working on some of these ideas. And then again, I pick my kids up at three o'clock and then I don't work till six, seven, and then I pick up some stuff which I really wanted to, right? So it's it becomes more of a passion uh, and it's hard to manage because um, sometimes employees don't work over the weekends, but you and I know we do, yeah. right? Depending <laughs> on the weekend, there is no sugar coating here. People think that, oh yeah, when you hear financial freedom, means these guys don't work. No, Robert Kiyosaki <laughs> has financial freedom. He works 50, 60 hours, yeah. right? He doesn't need any money, but he's always working, right? But you are working on your time and you, uh, as per your passion, right? So that's very important because I'm passionate about Bitcoin mining or mobile home parks. So I'm spending time on uh, some of the, all of this, depending on where I can squeeze in. And, and I'm very passionate about health. So, um, mm. So that's another thing I work out every day, five days a week, no matter what. If I can't, don't, then I don't feel good. So that also I have to squeeze in. Um, and because uh, there is another book I'll recommend, it's called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, uh, one of my favorite, favorite book. And that's how I have allocated my morning, right? Of course, I can't do everything he recommends, but I try to do... Um, Affirmations, I try to do silence, which is meditation and exercise every day. That's So that is when I can think and I can make sure, okay, these are the things I got to do today mm -hmm. and I can focus on those things. I, I'm not going to focus on a lot of the other things. And uh, second thing is once you start getting into that mindset, you also start hiring people. It's very important. Mm -hmm. I, I wish I would have understood that six, seven years ago. Uh, my IT business would be in totally different space right now and I wouldn't be doing anything and still making tons of money, but I didn't realize that. So now I have hired VAs for to do a lot of mundane activities, a lot of things which mm -hmm. don't generate direct or don't impact um, my business directly, but they do a lot of work on the background, right? Let's say my podcast, I just recorded, they take care of editing, posting on social media, all that publishing on my website and a lot of my email appointments, et cetera, they take care of it. I'm actually trying to hire someone to underwrite as well. Uh, a lot of these deals the way I do so that I, yeah. I can just, you know, look at it when the underwriting is done. But that's important as well, hiring the yeah. right people. Yeah, it definitely makes your life a lot easier. It makes you a lot more <laughs> yes. effective at your work and what you're what you're really special, uh, what you're good at. You know what I mean? Right. right. Uh, so Alpish, as we're wrapping up here, I mean, what are common mistakes you see real estate investors and let's also wrap in entrepreneurs make? One, uh, I just uh, alluded to it that um, at least the entrepreneurs, they don't Time. hire right yep. away or fast. Right. They think that, okay, unless I get, and I still do that same way, unless I get revenue, I've already put enough time and money. I'm just continue to go with sweat equity, but you know that's, uh, that does not get you faster. So uh, there is an African proverb, right? To, uh, alone, you will go fa faster. Together, you will go farther, right? So what mm. do you want to do? You want to go farther or faster, right? You always want to expand. So for the beginner investors, the biggest mistake I see, not taking action, not pulling the yeah. trigger, 
right? They they listen to your podcast, my podcast. They go to bigger pockets. They go all over. They meet people. They attend meetups and whatnot. But because they don't have any skin in the game, they don't pull the trigger. They read all mm-hmm. the books. But the day you go to a couple of conferences, you fly out there, you spend money to attend that conference. Now your mindset shifts because you have spent money. You're like, okay, I got to take some action. So, so free is not always better. That's what I tell everyone that, you know, yeah, free education is good, but unless you take action, you won't learn anything. The prac- So that's the one thing. And second, they try to, they try to go after, and I have done that, so I've seen it myself. They go try to go after every deal, right? Shiny object syndrome. When I started, as I said, in 2015, I did stocks, options, futures, alter, uh, startup investing, real estate, everything, and I didn't get good at any of those <laughs> at first. And then I started focusing only on real estate. So when you get started, learn as much as about, let's say it's single family, maybe it's multifamily, whatever learn as much as possible and then take action and then focus on it for at least six to months to a year, at least a year, mm-hmm. and you will see the results, right? Now, maybe you become an expert or at least you understand this asset class really well. You can continue to invest in it and then start focusing on maybe a self-storage, mobile home park, maybe laundromat, parking lot. I'm always looking at all these different asset types uh, just so that I understand how they work. I may not invest in all of them, but at least I want to see and I compare to what I am doing. Interesting. Uh, so what are the main factors that have uh, contributed to your success over the years? I would say uh, resilience. And that's actually the title of my book. As you can see, one of the I'm co-author of that Amazon number one best-selling book. I was always resilient. Uh, even from growing up, to moving here in US, losing the, you know, saying 9-11, uh, did not have any money left after 9-11 because I, I lost my job as well. And then doing master's without any penny, but also finishing master's without any debt, hmm. right? Because I was resilient. I, I made sure that I don't want to have any student loan. I didn't want for Biden to forgive my loans. <laughs> so I didn't want to wait for it. But same thing, when I lost my job and got laid off, exactly. My very first real estate investment, I lost every penny I invested in, by the way. Every, everything gone. Still, the next month, I invested in real estate. Knowing that if I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, uh, reading about all these entrepreneurs, that they all invest in real estate and they have not gone wrong. Of course, they make mistakes, right? But they still continue to invest. So I was resilient every time. Even I would have a setback, I will try it again. I will may, may find another door to open, but I think that that has been the key to my success. Oh, fantastic. So how can our listeners learn more about you and your business? So they can go to my website right here, www.wealthmatters.com, W-E-A-L-T-H-M-A-T-R-S.com. Or they can also email me at info, I-N-F-O, at wealthmatters.com. And of course, I have a YouTube channel called Wealth Matters, podcast called Wealth Matters as well. Awesome. So I will put all those links into the show notes. I want to thank you for coming on today and uh, looking forward to connecting with you here in the near future. Hey, thank you so much, Charles. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Yeah.
Hi guys, it's Charles from the Global Investors Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're interested in getting involved with real estate, but you don't know where to begin, set up a free 30-minute strategy call with me at ScheduleCharles.com. That's ScheduleCharles.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Global Investor Podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play to get new weekly episodes. For more resources and to receive our newsletter, please visit globalinvestorpodcast.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Nothing in this episode should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Any investment opportunities mentioned on this podcast are limited to accredited investors. Any investments will only be made with proper disclosure, subscription documentation, and are subject to all applicable laws. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of Syndication Superstars, LLC, exclusively.